It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures here on the Sports Animal. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here this evening. We have a lot to cover here in the next half hour as the future of Tennessee football is a big topic right now, isn't it? Especially this week, we have two weeks to go before Tennessee will play Arkansas. We're going to talk about the future with players who are already on the roster, with recruiting for the 2021 class, the 2022 class as well. There's an important prospect that Tennessee has continued to recruit who will make his announcement coming up on Friday. I'll tell you about him in segment number one. You will hear from Jeremy Pruitt talking about the idea of getting younger guys out there on the field on Saturday when maybe they haven't shown that they're ready in practice. What Jeremy Pruitt said about that earlier in the week, and then Eric Kane's going to stop by, what he's heard from some prospects out there, and what he sees that Tennessee maybe needs in the future, especially on the defensive side. That's all coming up here on Football Futures. It's presented by Twin Peaks, the stop for you right there on North Shore Drive between Kingston Pike and Parkside Drive. Twin Peaks is a great option. We have more baseball tonight. We have sports going on all the time now, it seems. Thank goodness, by the way. They have TVs all over the place. Thank goodness. As you stop in at Twin Peaks, they have a great menu for you. Great destination for lunch during the day, in the evening, if you're looking to watch sports. As I mentioned, TV's all over the place. They also have the sign on the wall telling you just how cold that beer on draft is. At Twin Peaks, it's on North Shore Drive near Kingston Pike, in between Kingston Pike and Parkside Drive. Twin Peaks making football futures happen each and every week. And this week has brought up more conversation about some of Tennessee's youngest players and their ability to get on the field and help Tennessee. And we've seen some young guys. Look at what Jalen Hyatt did. If we're going to start with the freshman focus, why don't we just call this that? Jalen Hyatt made a big splash with a touchdown catch, another almost touchdown catch down the field. He has speed. He has the ability to get open. And that's something that this Tennessee offense needs. Marquez Callaway is gone. Juwan Jennings was a playmaker for Tennessee. He's gone. And Josh Palmer, I think, has done a terrific job. And they have some other veterans who are playing and helping in some ways and Brandon Johnson and Valus Jones, but those young players have very obvious talent and Jalen Hyatt getting out there and making plays is something that I would look for more often as this season goes along. What about Malachi Weidman? Could he get more involved on the defensive side? Are there some guys that can help make some plays? Tyler Barron and Morvis Joseph are two guys we've talked about up front at the outside linebacker defensive end position. What about in the secondary? Danico Slaughter and Key Lawrence. Could they get more of an opportunity? They played some. Slaughter played early and often in that South Carolina game in the opener. What what kind of opportunity could they get in the next couple of weeks? And then, of course, there's the quarterback position, whether we're talking about a first-year player in Harrison Bailey or Brian Maurer, who's a second-year quarterback. He appeared to be the number two guy this past week. These next couple of weeks should create some competition. But once they get back out on the field against Arkansas, what about the idea of playing young players to play young players and potentially to get them ready for the future? Rob Lewis, after the game on Saturday, asked Jeremy Pruitt, what about the idea of if a guy's not necessarily ready, but he has some talent, has some obvious upside, go ahead and play him to help him develop for the future as well. This is what Jeremy Pruitt said about that idea. Well, I don't believe in that. Um, when you, you, you practice, you, you have a purpose when you practice, right? So I don't think it's the right way to build a program because uh, the, the players know who's earned the right opportunity to play on Saturdays. They know that, okay? There's no secrets in this game. You can see it. We watch film every day. They know who plays hard. 
They know who makes mistakes. And if you start just because a guy's bigger or stronger or faster or whatever, if he's not done the right stuff through the week, then I think you're sending the wrong message uh, to the people within your program when you're trying to build a program. So um, it's part of, of, you know, I guess earning it every week, you know, because you'll see some guys that will do really good for a couple of weeks and then they, heck, they may not have it for two or three days. Well, if you got a lot of comp- a lot of good competitors in your program and you got good competition, well, hey, they move to the back of the line and it and it makes them work hard and improve so they don't do that. So that's kind of what we're getting to. So I think competition the next 2 weeks will be really important. We've heard about that a lot. That Tennessee needs more competition on the practice field, which should make all the players better, right? Veterans and younger players and then who do you think's ready? Maybe more players are ready. And in certain positions, that to me needs to be the focus. But it's very obvious that Jalen Hyatt has earned more playing time. So I would expect to see him more as this season goes along. Who else might emerge? Could Jabari Small become a third guy that they count on in the backfield? Could that allow them to be more creative with what Jim Chaney is doing on the offensive side? Because I would still say the more you can involve Ty Chandler and Eric Gray in different ways is a good thing for Tennessee's offense. They're two of Tennessee's best players. And I know Jay Graham was talking about something that fans have talked about. A lot of people have at this point, breaking tackles and making guys miss. And that's a part of it. Nevertheless, Ty Chandler and Eric Gray with the ball is, I think, a good thing. That's a plus for Tennessee's offense. See if you can find more ways to do that. Can other younger players help with that opportunity? It's about playmakers in space, right? Well, Jalen Hyatt, Malachi Weidman, maybe Jabari Small, they can be players who give you more opportunities to do that. So the freshman focus comes back to the focus on getting guys more reps in practice to see if they can get more opportunities in the games. And as this is football futures, the main focus is on the recruiting trail. On Friday, fan bases of Tennessee, South Carolina, Georgia, and North Carolina will be focusing on the announcement from Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. He is one of the top defensive line prospects in the country, a defensive tackle who ranks very high on Tennessee's board out of Gaffney, South Carolina. And he will make his announcement coming up on Friday. Tennessee is among those four finalists that I just mentioned. He's a top 15 to 20 defensive tackle prospect in the country. He's a good player, and Tennessee needs more help up front. The position group we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks, besides quarterback, is the defensive line. And Jeremy Pruitt, I think, brought Jimmy Brumbaugh in, hoping that he would help with recruiting up front on the defensive line. Now Jimmy Brumbaugh is gone. Can Tennessee land Ingram Dawkins as they're going up against a couple of teams that the Vols face every year in the SEC East in South Carolina and Georgia, and then North Carolina's in the mix as well. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to Adam Friedman of Rivals.com. He covers the East Coast, including South Carolina, and I asked him, what does he think about Tyrion Ingram Dawkins as a prospect and where things stand with his recruitment? Yeah, he's really, uh, he's kept everybody on their toes. You know, it was a his decision was coming soon, and then he backed off of that. Then he came, you know, he went back through that process again. It sounds like his recruitment's really coming down though to Tennessee, Georgia, and South Carolina. Uh, the Gaffney defensive lineman uh, has really shown some some really good uh, physical progress this past off season into this season. He, he had a good couple of games so far this year. Uh, we're looking forward to getting some eyes on him at some point to really get a good evaluation on him. But as far as his uh, recruitment goes, it seems like Tennessee and Georgia are right there at the top of his recruitment. Georgia possibly holding a slight edge right now. We hear a decision could again be coming soon, uh, maybe within the next month or so, but uh, you never really know with this guy. He's kept everybody on their toes for the last 
three, four months. Uh, and it's exciting to see uh, which way he's going to end up going when the time comes. Adam Freeman of Rivals.com. So that's going to be an important announcement coming up on Friday. Tennessee needs more talent up front. The Vols have done okay there, and they have Isaac Washington committed. He has reaffirmed his commitment to Tennessee, even with Jimmy Brumbaugh being fired. And you have Taiwan Malone up in the Maryland area that has continued to listen to Tennessee and is considering the Vols for sure in this 2021 class. Amari Thomas signed last year, but the Vols need more help up front. That's very obvious, and you just you always have to land big-time players in this league, in the SEC. So Tennessee needs more help to go along with uh, Katron Evans, who's committed in this class, Isaac Washington, the players that are there, but players are going to be leaving as well. I know eligibility is kind of up in the air for what guys are going to do, who's going to come back, who's going to move on, but what we do know is that Tennessee needs more help up front. And you know what? You want to talk about competition, they need to create more of it on the defensive line. So Friday, Defensive lineman Tyrion Ingram Dawkins from Gaffney, South Carolina, will be making his announcement. Also, quarterback Ty Simpson was back on campus this past weekend. He is a 2022 prospect. The composite has him as the number two dual threat quarterback in the class. He's from Martin, Tennessee. He's a big time player. Clemson is in the mix there with Simpson. The fact that he made another visit, had his Tennessee shirt on while he was at the game, He's obviously very interested in Tennessee, and landing him would be really big for that class, and that would mean in consecutive classes you would have Harrison Bailey from 2020, Caden Salter in the 2021 class, who will be on campus this upcoming spring, and then the next year Tennessee could bring in Ty Simpson. That would be really big. How much time have we spent talking about that position? And we need to see more development from the quarterbacks. I think everybody agrees on that. But you also you want to see talented players, and here's the word of the segment, competition, those guys competing against one another would give you, I think, a better chance of having better play on the field in the future. So Ty Simpson is somebody to pay attention to. We'll see what he thinks about what's going on with Tennessee, with the offense and the program. But it's very obvious that Ty has a lot of interest in Tennessee, and the Vols would love to land him. He's one of the top quarterback prospects in the country. We've seen the Tennessee-Clemson battles before. Tennessee's won some. Clemson's won a lot. Tennessee would love to beat out Clemson for one of the top quarterback prospects on their board as well. So Ty Simpson in the 2022 class worth monitoring after another visit from him to Knoxville this past weekend. I'm going to come back here on Football Futures and talk to Eric Kane of the starting lineup and get his thoughts on where things stand with the class, what he sees with the guys that are committed, what Tennessee needs to continue to work to add in the 2021 class. That's coming up next right here on Football Futures. It's presented by Twin Peaks. My name is Josh Ward. You're listening to 99.1, the sports animal. Checking in with Tennessee football commitments and prospects. It's Football Futures with Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures here on the Sports Animal. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here this evening. The show is here for you every Tuesday from 7 until 7.30, covering what's going on with Tennessee football recruiting, and it is presented by Twin Peaks. You can always go back and listen in the podcast section of the WNML app. Sam Foreman's producing. Does a great job of getting the show up there for you every week. Also available on Apple Podcasts. And you can always hear this guy on the starting lineup. His name is Eric Kane. And he's also somebody that you can read at VolQuest.com, covering what's going on in recruiting. Eric, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to join me here this evening. A big storyline, especially on the recruiting trail, has been 
Tennessee trying to get some defensive linemen. I talked last segment about Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. He'll be making an announcement on Friday. What about the guys who have been committed with the news that Jimmy Brumbaugh was fired last week? What has been the reaction from Isaac Washington and Katron Evans, a couple of key members of this class as defensive linemen? Yeah, so far so good, Josh. And, uh, you know, as soon as Brumbaugh was fired, I think I reached out to, uh, to Washington you know, maybe that next morning and said, hey, I'd love to talk to you if you have any time. And so I, I got in touch with him later that night, I guess Monday night of last week. And he said, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, this happened to me before. And if, if we recall, the last time this happened, when Tracy Rocker left and, and went to South Carolina, uh, Washington decommitted there for a minute. But as soon as he got in person and met Jimmy Brumball, he went ahead and affirmed his commitment and he was all good. So he, he was he was decommitted there for maybe a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. uh, jumped back on board pretty quickly. So I think a lot of Tennessee fans feared the worst again that he could do that again. And he even sent out a tweet uh, Monday morning and, and, you know, saying, no, not again. We, you know, what is going on here? But uh, basically, you know, Isaac Washington said, hey, I was in my mind a little bit. I didn't want this to happen again. Uh, but Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Hansley called me quickly and they're like, hey, it's OK. You know, it's all right. It's, it's nothing personal. This is just business. Everything's OK. Um, you know, we, we need you, we want you. And uh, so I think that was a good message from Pruitt and Ansley to, to go ahead and, you know, send out, you know, an immediate call to a guy that they want. I mean, they really, really want on the defensive line. And so I thought that was pretty neat. I spoke to Katron Evans later, uh, maybe a day later or so. And it's interesting. He said he didn't find out about the firing of Jimmy Brumball until probably Tuesday morning. I mean, it, it was a little later because the, the news came about this late Sunday night and he said a fan asked him on Twitter what he thought about Jimmy Brumball, and he didn't understand. He didn't know. And then later he kind of he kind of got an understanding. And so when I had talked to him about Tuesday early afternoon, he said that he had a scheduled meeting with Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley later that night, and uh, that they were going to talk to him as well. But I got to him before the coaches did, and he said, hey, I'm all good. Nothing, ch- Nothing's changing. I'm committing to a school. I'm committing to a head coach. Um you know, I, I like Jimmy Brumball. We were building a good relationship, but I'm still 100% committed to Tennessee, and we're all good. So, so far, so good on that front as far as the defensive, the interior defensive lineman uh, that Tennessee has committed to this 2021 class in Isaac Washington and uh, Katron Evans. How important is recruitment at that position? Just the whether it's those guys or you know, Tyrion, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins is going to make his announcement. Taiwan Malone's a player there recruiting, getting some help along the defensive front in this 2021 class? I think it's big. I mean, look at, look at how Tennessee's playing at that position right now. Yep. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's not really good. And I know that these guys are, you know, a couple years away from making an impact, and I understand that. But anytime you uh, you want to always be strong and stable uh, in the trenches, obviously. I mean, that's that's where football is won. That, that's kind of a football 101. And so you always want to make sure you have options there. Uh, at the uh, defensive line spot and the offensive line spot. But, you know, these guys are versatile. They can play different techniques. The athletic ability is something Jeremy Pruitt likes from from these guys, specifically Isaac Washington. I, I have a little bit better relationship with him uh, than I do Katron Evans. I've just spoke to him more. But it's very important. And so, uh, you know, keeping you know keeping these guys held on, I think, was very important because uh, Tennessee does not want to have to go into – I don't want to say scramble mode because we're still a little far away – uh, from the from the start of early uh, you know signing period that that time when you can sign, but still you want to stay committed with your guys and continue building that relationship and and so far so good. Yeah, I guess only um, what six seven weeks away uh, though from the early signing period. It's getting here closer as we're getting into the month of November. Uh, Eric Kane's with me from the starting lineup. Writes at VolQuest.com as well on football futures. 
What else would stand out to you about what this class has and maybe what this class needs? Talking about the 2021 class for Tennessee, which by the numbers is kind of full, isn't it? It's just, it's not full. There will be some kind of change between now and when the class is complete. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at defense and, and Tennessee attacked, uh, you know, defense pretty hard last last recruiting class. You had the Whitehaven trio that can play a little linebacker. I know Tamiri McDonald, who, uh, you know, ironically is now getting into the ball game after missing uh, uh, the first part of the season with an injury there at defensive back. And he's he's kind of playing there at defensive back now. And so you have that, those guys. You had a couple of defensive tackles last year. And so Tennessee, you know, Danico Slaughter and Key Lawrence as well on defense. But um, so Tennessee did a nice job recruiting defensively as well. Some guys that are going to be making an early impact, but you look at this 2021 class as well. And, you know, linebackers, great. We mentioned the defensive tackles, but you've got uh, Aaron Willis at linebacker. You've got Terrence Lewis at linebacker. You've got on the edge on the outside. Um, you know, obviously the big name that sticks out is, is Dylan Brooks. And so you really like what you have there at that, at that middle layer of the defense and that edge spot. And uh, at the defensive backfield, too, you have some guys that Jeremy Pruitt and company feel really good about, you know, Christian Charles as well. So done a nice job defensively. You know, really the, the only position that sticks out to me that, you know, you need to go ahead and continue to address, and Tennessee did a nice job, you know, the, at the tail end of the summer, is offensive line when you picked up, you know, William Griffin Parker out of uh, Pearl Cone in Nashville and, uh, you know, Jamarian Gooch, two um, for all intents and purposes, Tennessee guys. And you pick those guys up in the span of a week. And, and that was big because prior to those guys signing, really you only had Colby Smith, who's been a longtime commit uh, on the offensive front. So uh, addressing the offensive line, that'd be good. You might would like to sign one more there in this class because, again, you can never have enough uh, guys in the trenches as well. So, you know, hanging on to the other guys, you know, Jalen Wright, you know, hanging on to him. I think a lot of people have been a, a little concerned about Cody Brown at the running back position. You really want to hang on to him because of you already have a running back decommit in this class, but making sure you keep the guys that are already signed on and, and, and maybe looking for another offensive lineman. Uh, that's big for me in this class moving forward. Yeah, and we'll see what happens in the future with T. Hodge and Lynette Whitehead. Those are a couple of freshman running backs who have more size. But isn't Cody Brown a really important part of this class? You mentioned uh, they had the top JUCO running back decommitted a few weeks ago. But uh, Cody Brown's a guy that he's a he's a bigger back. And this offense has lacked that over the last few years. He's also a very talented player. He's a highly rated player. So Cody Brown, to me, would be a really important player that could maybe come in right away and help the offense in the backfield immediately. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, what's what's one of the biggest complaints right now with Tennessee football? I know there are many, so let's let's uh, <laughs> right. shift through here. But as as well as Eric Grace played this year in times, and, and and Ty Chandler as well, those guys are smaller guys, and so you can get past that initial LOS, the line of scrimmage, and you might get you know just nicked up a little bit at the linebacking spot, and then they'll go right down. Uh, they're not very good after contact. Is what I'm saying, and, and Cody Brown would address that. Uh, immediately he's a bigger back again about 210 pounds six foot six foot one and uh, he's a guy that's got speed as well uh, you t- you plug in the, uh, the the huddle tape and I know it's at a different level of the high school realm but uh, he definitely stands out and definitely looks like a guy that could contribute and help Tennessee's backfield out right away the the interesting thing about Cody Brown is he's he's one of those guys that keeps everything close to the chest you don't get to talk to him on all an awful lot I've only spoken to him one time he's a guy that doesn't like to talk doesn't like to interview and so when you hear some rumors out there about him maybe going 
you know, on a visit whenever that might open up or, or him talking to another, another program. I know a lot of Tennessee fans get a little worried because he doesn't talk a whole lot. So uh, I think holding on to him is big because, as you pointed out, he's a guy that could probably step in. and In certain situations, he could really step in and help Tennessee out to where, unfortunately, due, due to injuries, um, you know, Leonard Whitehead and, and T. Hodge haven't been able to so far. Did you think that we would see more from the freshman class to this point? And I asked that knowing that it's a, a COVID year and that affects things. And Jalen Hyde's made plays. Did you expect to see more? Do you expect to see more here in the second half of the season for Tennessee? Yeah, moving forward, I do. And, and I do understand that this is a COVID year. And so reps were limited because even when the team was out there in practice during fall camp, with so many guys missing practice, the ones who were there, you couldn't go four spot. And, and that's big. And, and again, when in camp, everyone just continues to get reps. But when you only have enough players to go two spot, that means some of these players at the positions like quarterback and Harrison Bailey are kind of left out to not get any reps. And so I think moving forward, especially after this bye week and after the Arkansas prep week next week, you're going to start seeing a little bit more youth. I'm not saying quote unquote youth movement. And it's kind yeah. of funny because everyone says that and really only talking about one player in Harrison Bailey, the quarterback position. But I think you're going to continue to see a little bit more Malachi Weidman, some Jimmy Colloways, Jimmy Holidays. You're seeing Jalen Hyatt. Hopefully his role will continue to expand to where he's not just a deep threat or, you know, posing as a, a decoy on a jet sweep. Key Lawrence got into the football game for I'm curious. First, yeah. Yeah. First time for some meaningful snaps last week. And He's a guy I know he was moved from safety to corner to safety to corner. Um, he's a guy that you and I both thought would be playing a much bigger role so far in the season. I, I, I think the, the talent level is incredible there. So with the secondary struggling as much as it is, will Key Lawrence get to see a little bit more? We haven't seen much of Danigo Slaughter since early season. So I think those are some guys you're going to see a lot more. And maybe a little bit of Bryson Eason because, you know, there have been rumblings that you might see him a little bit, a little bit more uh, two weeks ago against Kentucky. Jeremy Pruitt said that, right? Yeah, Jeremy Pruitt did say that, and, and, and we haven't seen him along with Morvin Joseph. So uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of fans want to see D. Beckwith. He, he battled a little injuries early on. That's a big-time running back. Yeah. When I say big-time, I mean a big running big back. That, time, uh, yeah. A lot of fans might want to see as well. Yeah. All right, uh, Eric Kane, you can read his work at VolQuest.com. Of course, hear him in the mornings with uh, the starting lineup and the Eric Kane show. Uh, anything else to add in this conversation about the future, whether it's recruiting off the field or freshmen that fans are looking for on the field? Yeah, I think uh, I think the back half of the season is going to be big for Tennessee. Obviously, yeah. the three-game losing streak right now and you know winning talks. And so I think the more Tennessee uh, you know wins and plays well, the better this class is going to hold up. But uh, again, overall, it's a pretty good class. I know Jeremy Pruitt's want to keep it that way. So should be an interesting last six weeks of the season. Eric Kane, thanks, man. We'll talk again soon. All right, Josh, appreciate it. You are listening to Football Futures. Thanks for being with me here tonight. Football Futures is presented by Twin Peaks each and every week from 7 until 7.30. And I want to update you on the recruiting rankings. Alabama landed another big-time player, a top 50 prospect this past weekend. The Tide are rolling on the recruiting trail again. They have 22 commitments in the 2021 class, 17 of them are four or five star prospects. The average star rating is like a four and a half with the guys that are committed in the class. They have about the same average star rating as Ohio State, which is number two in the country. Oregon is third. Clemson is fourth. LSU is fifth. Georgia is sixth. That commitment from Amarius Mims moved the Bulldogs up a couple of weeks ago. Then after Georgia, you have USC, Florida, Michigan, and Tennessee is number 10. So the Vols, which were near the top of the recruiting rankings during the spring and summer months, they have dropped back as the recruiting slowed down. We knew that Tennessee 
had gone on a big recruiting run, landing a bunch of guys in a pretty short amount of time, and that allowed Tennessee to jump up as they had numbers on their side. And being ranked 10th in the country is still pretty good. It's really good, in fact. And, you know, that's the thing. Tennessee is recruiting at a high level. Tennessee has a lot of talented young players, and that's why I don't think there's reason to panic or overreact. While we can point out, hey, things have not been good enough, doesn't everybody agree with that? Losing to Alabama by 31 is not good. And losing to Kentucky by 27 is not good at all. It doesn't mean that things can't get better. Now they need to, and they need to pretty quickly. And that's why just a few minutes ago, we're talking about more young players getting an opportunity or at least pushing in practice. You need more practicing competition and, and all of that stuff to make all of the players better. To me, that's pretty obvious. But recruiting is a big deal as well. And Tennessee, I think, will most likely finish 2021 with a top 10 class in the country. Now, top 10 can be 6th or 7th in the SEC, and that that's a part of what's frustrating. Last year, the average rating of the players for Tennessee in the 2020 class by the composite were 89.91. The average rating of players in the 2021 class, 89.73. So just below essentially the same, Tennessee is recruiting on par with last year's class. Now, let's see what happens with some of the top players. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins is a guy that I talked about in the first segment. He's going to announce on Friday he's a highly touted player. Nylon Green, he is a corner that has Tennessee among his finalists. He's a big-time player that if Tennessee can land him, one, he's going to have a chance to come in and play right away. Also, he's a guy that would bump up how this class is viewed. Finding more guys on the back end, I think, is something that Jeremy Pruitt would like to do this year and every year, Tennessee needs more playmakers, needs more help in the secondary, and that's why I would agree with Derek Kane, who a moment ago said, yeah, let's see with Key Lawrence. Let's see with Danico Slaughter. Do they get more of an opportunity? What's going on with Warren Burrell? Tyus Fields was in last year's class. You, you just need more guys to push. They need more speed. They need more talent, I would say, and they're trying to find that in the class. But right now, things are okay. And right now, players are sticking by Tennessee. The Vols do need to show more results on the field. I think everybody would agree with that. And a win against Arkansas would go a long way in at least helping everybody feel better. And then let's see what happens in the final four weeks of the season. So next week, I'll be back to look ahead to the final five weeks. I'll update you in recruiting. And don't forget Tyrion Ingram Dawkins' announcement coming up on Friday. Thanks for being here on Football Futures tonight. It's presented by Twin Peaks each and every week. My name's Josh Ward. This is 99.1, the sports animal.